people deluded i'm back again thank you very much for tuning back into another edition of the deluded podcast the dg podcast the really and truly podcast depending on who i talk to this podcast seems to have a name of its own i don't mind as long as you know where to find this people like i said thank you very much for tuning back into my podcast i hope you're all doing well and safe it's the first one of 2021 folks and i actually apologize for this coming out slightly slightly later it's 10 40 at the time of recording people now normally this is out early morning but allow me people it was new year's i enjoyed myself at home had a decent drink and i yeah man i had to sleep and i was delaying this and delaying this i was a zombie a couple hours ago so i had to wait until i could pattern up there's not going to be too many incidences like this people but you have to admire the tenacity i don't make excuses i could very much say you know let me allow it let me wait till till tuesday's one because we're playing on monday let me just leave this people allow it but that's not how we do things i want to start 2021 as i mean to go on i'd like to all wish you first and foremost you know seasonals greetings if i didn't catch you around christmas you know hope you had a good 2020 as well as you could be it was unprecedented times to describe that year hopefully 2021 is kinder to everybody and it's kinder to you and your family and i wish you lot you know all this all the all the success financially spiritually mentally for me most importantly and what's come to limelight this year physically people health is the only one wealth if you don't have your mind right you can't really go and get the finances and you know the the, the, the mental health and the spiritual enrichment and the rest of it so thank you very much for your continued support i love to like i said wish you success for this year and i hope you continue to mess with a guy make sure you're subscribed to me on youtube make sure you're following all the links on my socials in the description i'm even on twitch deluded guna 187 of course make sure you're following me on spotify whatever the follow equivalent is on apple and the rest of the streaming business now Premier League football is coming thick and fast. I know there's been a couple games postponed due to Corona. Um, Spurs and Fulham, latest victim of that. Previously, Everton and Manchester City. One has to wonder, you know, you're hearing talk of the Premier League talking about an emergency meeting, holding a two-week break. Um, Sam Allardyce is very vocal on the need to have a break and things like that. Um and it could be something that's worthwhile because first and foremost, health is wealth. Um, I'm skipping ahead a bit, but you lot are seeing there's ever rising numbers, both in society over here in the UK, as our government make a mess of Corona and how to handle it and, and lockdowns and different tiers and, you know, saying one bit of guidance and then the fine print is contradictory. You know, in 20 years to time, 30 years, maybe not even my lifetime, certain. And the thing about government officials is nobody's going to be there to be held accountable. But I do, be I do believe between the way they handle handled Glenfell, the way they've handled Brexit, the way they've handled this um COVID stuff, there's gonna be blood on people's hands and there's gonna be a there's gonna be a disgrace, it's an absolute disgrace how they've gone about COVID and people should hang their their heads in shame hang their heads in shame man. They've really sacrificed people's lives unnecessarily due to incompetence. Um and I know, I know everyone has a lot to say on COVID and things, so I'm not going to do any more speculation. What I'm going to say is the numbers are rising in society. I haven't got them to hang. Go and check it yourselves. At the latest time of me actually finding um, some, some information relating to the Premier League, you know, Manchester City have had an outbreak. Fulham have got something. There's a couple other lower league clubs out of the division that are going through things as well. The, at the time of collecting this information, the Premier League actually confirmed 18 positive corona tests among players and staff in its latest round of testing that's twice as many as the previous week you know a total of 1400 and 
um, 79 players and club staff were tested between December 21, 21st and the 27th. 18 people have, who have tested positive are self-isolating. You've obviously seen Scott Parker and Hassan, Hassan Hutu of Southampton isolate as well, purely precautionary as people in their households got this. And ironically, what when my coach, Mikel Arteta, got corona is when this whole thing kind of popped off. And I look at it, feels like that was a year in itself. It feels like, this is how you know 2020 was a long year. It feels like that was a massive year in itself and a long sort of saga in itself. And to see that we're no better at handling this is quite crazy, people. Um, it, the numbers are rising, you know. Between the 7th of December and the 13th, you had 1,549. The next round, which was round 16, between the 14th and the 20th, um, there was seven, you know, there was six people testing positive in, the, in round 15. Round 16, it said um, there's been seven people tested um, um, and whatnot. And then you've obviously got round 17, which is the 21st to the 27th. You've got 18 people tested positive. Um, so again, cases are cases are rising. And during this time, there's been more news around that. I'm sure you've all heard Everton will request a full disclosure of information from the Premier League, obviously after their match against Manchester City was postponed due to a growing outbreak among the Manchester City squad. As you lot know, it was called off at 4pm on a Monday, which was four hours before it was due to kick off at Goodison. Now Spurs had similar circumstances dances with Fulham you know and Jose Mourinho I don't know if it's Jose who actually runs that Instagram account or one of his team but it's a good little marketing from him I'm sure you all saw a bit of not comedy but you saw him and his coaching staff kind of half preparing half relaxing for the game because nobody knew if it was actually happening you know I'm sure the players were disappointed the fans are as well but everyone can concede health is wealth you know live to fight another day and hopefully we can get some more forward guidance some proper sort of just way of moving around because like I said health is wealth and I know Gabriel's tested positive for it as well hopefully he gets through it a couple of people in my close circle have tested positive for this as well so if you're listening I'm not going to bait up your names you know speedy recovery and dumb things there um so yeah man I just want us to move forward as a society from this but who knows if we will Moving back to Premier League and speaking about the Premier League people, let's jump straight into Crystal Palace versus Leicester. It was a tale of two goal, good goals. You know, Harvey Barnes, fantastic goal um, from him to, to score an equaliser. Cancelled out an even better strike in Zaha's goal. Zaha's doing it for my FPR, I'm not going to complain. You know, Crystal Palace still struggling to put wins on the board really consistently and still struggling to keep clean sheets. Um... Harvey Barnes is probably a bit unlucky because of the, the sheer amount of options England have. But on current form, surely, you know, if anyone's going to go out of that Leicester team, it's going to be him. Because I don't think, you know, Madison's finding form of late. You see him score a peach of a goal. Not this game week, the last one. Um... But I don't think he's really played his way. Now I'd rather make I'd rather take him than Mason Mount. Not that I think Mason Mount's a bad player. I just think Madison's got a bit more about him. I, I like Mount, but I don't see what what if Mount isn't in the team, what he's bringing to the table that we can't mitigate against. I know he can play in a bunch of roles. You know, similar to Lampard, he's got a little teacher's pet thing going on in Southgate. So Madison probably won't get called up. You know, Vardy if he was obviously playing. It could be a thing for him. James Justin is doing his thing at fullback. Probably unlucky. There's so many right back options because on current form he deserves a look in beyond the under twenty ones. But surely if anyone's gonna get a look in, it's Harvey Barnes, people, because I think he's doing all right. You know, like I said, he's probably just unlucky because there's a sheer amount of options. You know, you've got in these wide areas. 
technically, you know, Jack Grealish can play in a number of roles, but I think Southgate sees him primarily off that left. You've obviously, uh, speaking about left and right, you've got Jaden Sancho, you've got Rashford, you can play up front as, as, as well as there. Raheem Sterling, the same. You know, and there's probably a couple of names I'm missing out. Two quality goals from Zaha and Harvey Barnes alike, people. With that, Harvey Barnes has scored eight goals in 21 games this comp this season, people, in all comps. That's one more than he netted in 42 last season. So is he found in his goal-scoring touch? Only time will tell. In terms of goal-scoring touch and also with eight, Wilfred Zaha has scored eight goals in 14 Premier League matches this season, twice as many as he netted in 2019-20, where he had four from 38 appearances. So Zaha is back with a bang. Crystal Palace, you know... They've got good players going forward, but they need to keep clean sheets. They've kept just one clean sheet in their last 23 Premier League games, conceding in each of the last 14 in the competition since they beat Southampton 1-0 on opening day, people. So there's a lot more to be said in that regard. Now, Chelsea versus Aston Villa. You know, Chelsea and Lampard, the, the, the scrutiny is going to be more and more on him because in short, you know, he spent a bag of money. And you know what I do? I, I, I'm not going to say there's not an identity, but there's not an identity. You don't Im immediately know what this Chelsea team is trying to do. You know that they can counter-attack and they can do that devastating. But are they a counter-attacking team? You know, or you can guess that based on the players they've brought in, you know, that I know people are injured and whatnot, but you've got the Havarts, you know, you've got the Zietches, you know, you've got, you've have Jorginho and Kovacic, you've got technical Pulisic, you've got players that like to come short, play cute little one-twos, pop it round the corner you see a bit of that but do you necessarily know if that's Chelsea Chelsea can also be quite direct they was actually very direct in the goal they scored against Arsenal you know it's a ball from the right hand channel from Mason Mount down into Callum Hudson-Odoi who's pulled it in um, for, for Tammy Abraham man you know that's a goal invented by Cobham really and truly which should be the one saving grace from that game but similar fashion, you know, Chelsea dropped points. It's as simple as that. They dropped points. Jack Grealish, for me, was superb. There was that, you know, he was obviously involved in the build-up to the goal. Was it a foul, wasn't it? You know, Grealish, I think he's ended the year as the most creative player in the league. I'll be amazed if he's still at Aston Villa, if, if we get over this financial stuff that COVID's put in and there's 80 million, because if you've got 72 million to spend on Pepe or if you've got 80 million on Maguire or, you know, you've got things like that, surely you can find 80 million for Jack Grealish. It's going to pay for itself, you know, courtesy of a, you know, Giroud, forgive me if I'm wrong, I've watched so much football, I'm pretty sure Giroud scored the first one, you know, the one sort of bright spot, the one guy who's done his job, I know Lampard doesn't feel him deep down, but Giroud continues scoring, um, and then Aston Villa just got back into the game after then, Jack Grealish played well, you know, El Ghazi scored after missing a tapping shortly before that, you know, Matty, Matty Cash might have a bad haircut, but he put in a good cross um, and whatnot, and it is what it is, Werner's shot on confidence, people, shot on confidence, it, I don't know if you're moving back through the middle, it solves things. I think it will on one hand, but he just, you know, the touch isn't there. He looks overawed. I think with Werner at that point now where he's probably just got to sit out the team for a second and just, you know, catch himself because he looks short. You know, Havarts just generally... You run the risk of making him a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. You know he can play as a support striker. You know he can play on the flanks. You know he can play as a 10. You know he can play as an 8. But what is he? Make him an 8. Make him a 10. Make him a support striker. Make him an inverted winger, which I don't agree with him or being, being a support striker or, uh, or, or, or a winger. 
But if that's what Lampard does, put your hat over him and say, this is your role. This is what I want you to master. And then when he's got that under lock and key, then you start adapting guys, letting them do other jobs. Because this is the problem in today's day and age. Players can play multiple positions, which is a requirement, but they're not a master of any. Like Havertz, like many players, you know, he's not... He's not got everything in the midfield. He's not going to lock it down, demand the game, runs through him and stuff. And that's what he needs to go to the next level. The potential is there. Obviously, I feel sorry for him. He's probably overruled by the occasion coming to Chelsea. There's probably a lot to take in. I think every every player is probably shell-shocked, man. Can fit, you know, foreign players, it probably is shell-shocking. Just how little time you get. Every game you play, there's little space. Everyone's trying to clamp you. You know, it don't look good. And Lampard, you spent 200-odd million. I know you probably would have liked a centre-half and maybe a more progressive ball-winning midfielder, which Kante, you know, Kante's been in a bit of a woeful form last couple of games. Um, you've, you've, you've still got enough. There's enough in that Chelsea team. One thing I'll give him is that I do think if Lampard leaves, not, not I'm saying I want him to leave, but it's not like the next manager is going to inherit a poor squad. It's not a poor squad. Certain players could get chopped. You know, you might say, I need a centre-half, I need this, I need that. But it's not a poor squad. The Cobham Utes, you know, Reese James got terrorised against us, but you've got James, you know, you've got Tammy, you've got Mount, you've got Tomori, you've got players that can be utilised in, in a, in a, you know, some can be squads, some can play on a consistent basis, you know, you've got, whether you want to keep them or not, you've got Jorginho, you've got Kovacic, you know, you've got midfield guys. The problem is, that if anything, the Chelsea squad's probably a bit more bloated than anything. So Lampard isn't going to have a, a leg to stand on, in my opinion. You know, I can imagine Roman Abramovich in a couple, t you know, if it goes a gaze in the next game, you're going to get a random FaceTime when you're in the shower um, and whatnot. And you're going to have to reply to Roman Abramovich, really, when you come out of that shower and tell him, yo, this is why it's not happening really and truly, really and truly. Because, again, he's got to justify the peas. He's got to justify why all that money was spent. And I'm not seeing anything because you one thing you have to give Roman Abramovich, he's not on the Mickey Mouse thing, people. He's not on the Mickey Mouse thing. And I know Lampard dug out his players against Arsenal, but maybe he's trying a different sort of thing, people. You look at it, um, you, 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 you look at it with the pressure on him. He said, definitely in terms of performance, we started really well. Villa had their moments, but we dealt with them and came through the first half really strong. We got a goal we deserved. Second half, we conceded with a man on the floor. That's the way it is for us at the moment. We pushed, but, but couldn't break the deadlock. Attitude-wise, effort-wise, some of the, the play was very good against a really good team. Late on, we got some chances and nearly scored. When you're in a tough moment, sometimes things don't quite go for you. A month ago, we win that. We have to fight through it. And it's true, you would win that a month ago, but, you know, it's irrelevant a month ago. You're in a bit of a sticky patch, you know, against us, against Everton, drawing against Villa in this 1-1. You know, it's a bit gazy. And he also said, I can't ask for more from the players today. No one let me down. Everyone worked hard. We didn't get the rub of the green. And I'm sure for Chelsea fans, that's not what they want to hear. You know, it sounded very vague. It sounded very defeative, you know. And again, as much as we, I'm sure Chelsea fans will cherry pick their players, maybe again, it's maybe down to how Lampard is stationed, stationing his, his army troops when he's setting them out to go and play on a match day. You know, Frank Lampard has averaged 1.7 70 points um, per game as as Chelsea manager. That's the same record right now as Andre Villas-Boas at the club. Now, without context, I don't know what context you want, but that tells you what it is. I like Lampard. I don't think he can get it right, but I mean, you look at the facts. You, you've given a man that couldn't get Derby promoted or progress them in that way, 200 and odd million. Can you really be surprised that he's there with that? 
And I do think he flatters to deceive. You know, he plays some good football. There are some good stuff. And I think Lampard has to die by his, his expectations because even when Chelsea had the transfer ban and whatnot, what did he say? He said, we're not trying to do this farm thing. We're not trying to develop young players like that. We're trying to challenge for things. So he has high expectations. You know, he's top top four is the bread and butter for Chelsea. I think that's a realistic aim, but he's looking beyond that within, log within a logical reason. So he has to live or die by the high standards. So him, of all people, knows it's not good enough. He knows it continues for Chelsea and it's a bit gazy for them like apologies if you can hear the clicking let's go and look at their next fixtures people because I would have expected Chelsea to have a bit of run they got City we'll preview the game in a bit but they've got oh lord it could get long for Lampard if he doesn't fix up people he's got Chelsea on the he's got City on the weekend apologies again that's a gazy game but I'm pretty sure Chelsea he won't get sacked because of that because they'll understand yo listen it's City even though it's not quite that city. Um, he's got Morkin in the FA in the FA Cup next week. You know, he travels to Fulham, you know. Then he's got Leicester away. Then he's got Wolves at home. Then he's got Burnley at home. Then Chelsea away. Again, that's a good run of fixtures, people. And that obviously follows losing to Everton. Back-to-back -back defeats against Everton and Wolves. You know, two late winners made the scoreline look better against West Ham. Obviously, they got smacked up when they came to the Emirates against Arsenal. You know what time it is. You can't come Emirates Lampard. Fix up. Same way, same way we did it at Wembley. Same way we did it in the North. On a serious note, yeah, they dropped points against us. They dropped points against Villa. So from the last five games, psh, they've taken four points, you know, and two. It, it must feel like two points dropped against Villa as well. Again, you know, Wolves, they were terrible. Unlucky with the penalty against Everton. Didn't take their chances. And I think the worst I saw them play was against Arsenal. Like when Arsenal have lost this, this season, like I look at the Spurs game, I look at the Wolves, I look at um, Aston Villa in particular, where I'd want to take nothing away from their, them teams. They played fantastically well. Equally, I don't want to take anyone, anything away from Arsenal against Chelsea. But you have to look at how the opposition were playing. Like Chelsea were drunk in that game, to put it nicely and respectfully. Um, so it's not, it's, Chelsea aren't being helped at all. Um, so whatever happens with Lampard, happens with Lampard. Statistically, though... Um, you know, of of the of players with ten plus goals since the start of nineteen twenty, only Sergio Aguero with ninety four has a better minutes per goal ratio for Premier League clubs in all competitions than Olivier Giroud, who has a hundred and five value for money. Anwar El Ghazi is the first player to record to score sorry to score three successive Premier League to score in three successive Premier League appearances for Villa since Tom Cleverley did in May twenty fifteen. Ben Chilwell's equaled his Premier League season best tally of four assists with the Chelsea defender having as many goal involvements in this campaign as 2019-20. Big up him, man. I think he's he's looked all right since he signed in for Chelsea. I don't know why people don't like to rate Chilwell. Um, yeah, obviously, since making his debut in August 2012, Olivia Giroud has scored more headed goals than any other player in the competition. Giroud has also scored in each of his last seven appearances against Aston Villa, netting nine goals in this run. Against no side has the Frenchman scored more Premier League goals than he has against the Villains. He also scored in the FA Cup final for us well, when he was at Arsenal. Aston Villa have kept more clean sheets than any other Premier League team this season with eight. Uh, you know, that's crazy, people. Shout out to Martinez for signing for them, making a big difference. Southampton and, and West Ham drew nil-nil, people. Moving away from that, you know, and I'm I, the only people not happy with West Brom and Jalbian being put to the sword against Leeds is, is Arsenal fans and that's not because we necessarily care definitely against Big Sam Big Sam is raging and Arsenal are going to be you know in 
well tomorrow really we're gonna 24 hours from now we might have to bear the blunt like Leeds might might have smacked them up 5-0 but they drew against Liverpool so Arsenal we can't underestimate them but they got slaughtered you know the best thing against about West Brom was probably that own goal you know Romaine Sawyers has probably scored from 20 yards and that shows you when everything's going wrong it goes wrong, in it? Like, that just sums it up. West Brom fully are candidates to get relegated. But you never know. They got an encouraging point against Villa. I mean, against um, Liverpool. I don't want them to get any encouragement against us. They got smacked up 5-0, people. You saw, I don't know what Leeds were on. Leeds are always on badness, but they were on extra badness, you know. Jack Harrison doing a madness. Alioski doing a madness. Rafinha just trying to slaughter them. You know, it was just an absolute slaughter from Leeds. You know, this is why I'm happy to see Leeds in the Premier League. They're not here to play games. They're here to try and keep themselves consistently in this, build upon it, and give the Premier League something to, to talk about. Like, they're not just here for no reason. Shout out to Leeds, man. They fully just smacked up this. There's nothing else. You all saw it. Like, what else can I say? They smacked up West Brom. You know, with that, West Brom and Jalbian have had just 10 shots in Big Sam's first three Premier League games. The fewest shots since Opta has on record in a manager's first three games in charge. They can't keep clean sheets. They can't score. You know, it firmly looks like they're going down really and truly. Um, not too many of those players will, ha will get moves to Premier League clubs, in my opinion. Um... I think Sawyer's ironically could get a move. Um, Gibbs might be able to just grab a little left back role somewhere. Um, Diagana can't say his name. He get a move. There isn't too many players you could say are highly sought after in that West Bromwich Albion side, with all due respect. And to be fair, Big Sam, 40 points. He knows keeping clean sheets is vital. So I know he must have been absolutely livid to be conceding five. Um, it's quite crazy. Seven of Leeds's 10 outfield players have either scored or assisted against West Brom people. Alioski, Harrison, Bamford, Rodrigo, Glitch, Rafina, and Dallas. While this is the second time they've had as many players do so in a game this season. They also had seven against Newcastle um, involved. West Brom have conceded three own goals in the Premier League this season. The joint most of any side along with... Any clues, people? Any clues? Any clues? Any clues? Arsenal... Sadly, you know, and it was a screamer. With that, West Brom are winless in their last 37 Premier League games when conceding the opening goal. Their last victory under cir such circumstances came in 2017 against Bournemouth. Now, um, moving, uh, moving away from that, people, one second. It seems like this has frozen. My notes has frozen, which is amazing, people. Absolutely amazing. I apologise for this. Um yeah, people. You all saw Burnley defeat Sheffield United a goal to nil, people, courtesy of Ben Mee in the 32nd minute. You know, that's a good three points for, for Burnley. Equally, it doesn't help Sheffield United's case and for, for, further confirms what we expect in that they go down. They're winless in their last 16 Premier League games this season, equalising QPR's Premier League record of longest winless run from a start to a campaign, which was 16 in 2012-2013. In and to highlight it, you know, some players are more unlucky than others. Oliver Burke hasn't ended on the winning side in any of his first 25 Premier League appearances. You know, the longest winning winless start to a to a player's career in the competition. He overtakes a certain Gareth Bell. Do you lot remember there was a running joke in, in that whenever Gareth Bell used to play for Spurs, they never won. Now, this was before Bale became, you know, the Inter Milan guy and stuff. This was when he was a left back where the best thing he did was probably what well, he scored a great free kick against us when we beat them with Adebayor at their place. 
place. So yeah, man, Sheffield United are further going down. I don't know how much pressure is on Chris Wilder. He looks a dejected figure and, and whatnot. And it, my heart kind of bled for him hearing the way he was speaking in post games because it's like, you, it's, you know, it, nobody, it don't mean nothing to, you know, it means he's a prodigal son. Like he typifies what, what Sheffield are, working class. He comes from that environment. He's a proud Yorkshireman. No one wants to turn it around more than him. But sometimes you have to move or, or, or the players have to hear a new thing or it's not, or you've taken them as far. He's done a lot of dirt for Sheffield United, but, you know, time catches up. And, and I've always said you have to know when to walk. You know, for me, the best time, and I know it must have, this is why he can't do emotional with it. And I don't know where else he would have went. And and if they keep him, I understand why he wants to stay. But for me, after the great season you had last year, that's there's no t better time than leaving than the top. You know, you don't want to stay too long because this is what happens. It's like Jurgen, it's a different, but Jurgen Klopp, I wonder when will Jurgen Klopp leave Liverpool? Because he's had that squad for a number of years now. They're bullying it up and whatnot. But eventually, you know, new players or a new man, it happens with everyone. It happened to, it probably would have happened with Salix Ferguson. It definitely happened with Arsene Wenger. It's definitely happened a couple of times in Pep Guardiola's career. This is why he's left. It happens with everyone. So we'll have to see, people. We'll have to see. It looked like Wolves and Manchester United were going to draw before Marcus Rashford's deflected effort snatched all three points for them, people. Um, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty at all, but they got the job done. What can you what can you say about United? They got the job done. They'll be without Cavani, who's actually now riding a ban. Um, you know, it's a bit of an iffy game. I think Martial um, is in a tough spot, to put it nicely. I think Bailly, he, you know, Bailly, the way he defends is unusual um, and whatnot. Yeah, man, I think Wolves shot themselves in the foot. They didn't take the small chances they had. I think United made the game harder than it needed to be as well. But you know United always have a goal in them. And Marcus Rashford, and it's been a great 2020 for Marcus Rashford. And yeah, he's done a lot for away from football. So we'll always commend Marcus Rashford. But yeah, his strike made sure they went, they scored. And I'm sure so, um, Oli Golasosha won't care. I'm sure the players won't care. I'm sure, I, I can already hear United fans talking about a title challenge. And... I don't know if they're in a title challenge, but mathematically you can't argue without them. And it just shows you why you shouldn't draw headlines about the Premier League yet because there's not much separating first from 10th sort of thing. They're in it. You know, if if they win, if Man United win today, Friday, what does that say? You know, Liverpool are making games harder than it needs to be after their draw with Newcastle where, you know, shout Fabian Shaw for that fantastic sliding effort or whatever it was to deny Mane off the line. But yeah, man. Man United won 1-0 courtesy of Marcus Rashford. That goal for Man United was his first at Old Trafford in the Premier League in 845 minutes of play. Last time he netted there was in July. Wouldn't have thought that if you told me that, if you just told me that random stat in a barbershop. I would have said July and Marcus Rashford scores better times at Old Trafford. So that one day is done. Um, his late goal was their latest winning goal in the Premier League at Old Trafford um, since September 2009, where Michael Owen obviously came off the bench against City and scored in the 90 scored um, in the 95 min, 95th minute with 27 seconds left. Um, you know, Marcus Rashford came in the 92nd minute with 51 seconds, 92-51, better yet. Spurs versus Fulham was obviously postponed. I'm sure you all saw Newcastle versus Liverpool. Again, it's a case of Liverpool not taking the chances they're given, similar to the West Brom, and it coming back to bite them and dropping points. And Liverpool are making a league that they could have again ran away with harder than it needs to be. And if your team's below Liverpool, you're licking your lips. You know, like I said, um, fantastic, you know, fantastic performance from Saar, in my opinion. 
to deny Mane. But it's more. I don't want to discredit Newcastle because they worked very hard. They played well. But you you have to look at the poor finishing from from um, Liverpool. You know, New, Newcastle put in work, but it's poor finishing from Liverpool again, and it's cost them. It really has, and they're making it harder than it needs to be. But it is what it is. Finally, in relation to Arsenal, things are getting better in it. We won 1-0 against Brighton. The last time they won at home was against us. So going into that game, it was obviously nerve-wracking. But we did the business. We did what we needed to do. I can't complain. Um, started well, first 10, first 5-10. Then all the energy that was there against Chelsea left us. You know, we did make it harder than it needed to be. We were struggling to make five-yard passes. You could see the young players that were playing in the attacking positions getting very frustrated, like Saka's having to receive the ball on the halfway line. Smith Rowe's bugging around everywhere. Um, Martinelli's very narrow. You could see Martinelli and Aubameyang quite visibly angry they're not getting the ball and it shows there's a disconnect and it shows why we need midfielders who can build but we turned it around in the second half you know Lacazette off the bench it opened up in the second half really and truly there was a lot of space for Bakayo Saka and it's a lovely pass from holding Saka turns him and sits burned sits burned down obviously Lacazette has just come off the bench and if that's not his first touch I don't know it's a fantastic move it's about eight or nine passes you know and that's what you want to see. You want to see us kill off a game in the first half because I did think Brighton were more timid than I expected. But it is what it is in that regards, people. So that's the Premier League action. Should we look at the Premier League action to preview very quickly the Premier League to come, people? One second. Let me scroll down. There we go. Scroll right down. So I'm trying a little new thing where I'm searching on Google Docs and it just comes up with everything straight away. So, yeah, people, we've got today, you've got Everton against West Ham at 5.30. That's due to be an interesting game. David Moyes returns to his old stomping ground. Jack Grealish travels to Old Trafford. Another audition for him, for his future employers, potentially. Manchester United versus Aston Villa. That's going to be an interesting one. Both teams are, 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 you know, trying to get three points in that, as well as Everton-West Ham. So, two good games already this week. You know, obviously, you've got Spurs against Leeds. Leeds travel to Spurs' ground. Leeds are a bit... There's a contrast for me directly in the way they play away from home, then at home, saying that they're killing every team they play. So, make of that what you will. And did they not just do that last game? So, Spurs versus Leeds is going to be a political one. Spurs need to get back to winning ways after dropping points in the last recent sort of games. Crystal Palace against Sheffield United. Again, two teams who are finding a win a bit tough to come by at the moment. Chris Wilder, if he doesn't win that, again, I don't know if he's going to be there. You've got Brighton against Wolves on Saturday as well, or tomorrow, which is going to be interesting. Eight o'clock kickoff sees West Bromwich Albion against Arsenal. And again, Big Sam doesn't like us. Sam, Sam Allardyce hasn't liked us since the Bolton days. They're going, we have to be careful of a fight back, you know. I'm not sure if Kieran Gibbs is going to be fit, but you've got Kieran Gibbs. Um... You know, you've got Semi Ajayi, you know, you've got former, you've got Chelsea Loney and Conor Gallagher. These are people that are going to want to put something against Arsenal. So we're going to need to be at it. And just because Leeds smacked them 5-0 doesn't mean we're going to we're going to see a, a, a poor side. They're going to want revenge, you know. Big Sam's probably docking wages and things like that. So they're going to have to react. You've got Burnley against Fulham on Sunday. You've got Newcastle against Leicester. Chelsea and Manchester City, the standout fixture. You've got the Danny Ings derby on Monday. Southampton will welcome Liverpool to St Mary's. That's an interesting game. So there's some tasty fixtures. There's some tasty fixtures. And I think on Tuesday, well, the games are coming thick and fast, people. You've got more games. That's something we'll talk about in in the review of this so games are coming thick and fast in relation to the premier league people um <clears throat> in other news 
Edison Cavani apparently has been banned for three games and fined £100,000 for an Instagram post last month. Um, he must also complete face-to-face -face education after he admitted a breach of FA Rule E3. He, this means he will miss games against Manchester City, so the Manchester Derby, Watford and obviously tonight against Aston Villa. So two of those three, again, Watford is probably in, well, it is in League Cup competition, so players would have probably been rested for, for, for that. But considering United might be going for the title now, to lose him against inform Aston Villa team and Man City's Man City is a blow um, I'm not going to get into whether it was racist whether it wasn't what I will say is um, you know United have responded and issued a statement what I will say is potentially you know I think they've I think they've done this purely because whether he's right or wrong is another thing I can see you, at the end of the day you're coming to England you shouldn't be using certain words but we all know there's cultural references and it potentially dare I say it wasn't used in that regards what I will say is that you know, his social media team or anyone around him, you know, come on, whether it's the South American translation or not, and he's right or wrong, some or someone could have put pulled it to the side and said, no, nah, don't post this. It's a bit like the Bernardo Silva and the Mendy thing. If you don't pull it out there, this isn't a thing. And also, I think they've set him, they've put him there to lay a precedence because I'm not saying it's the case, but if he's saying that, you know, then if this mistake happens again, the next person will say, well, I was on that same thing. And then you can't, you, you know, you can't really ban one for the for the same thing. You can't ban one man for that. And the next man, you have two different rules. So I think this is to set a precedent. And this is really to say, yo, OK, cool. This is the rules we're going with. And it's a shame because, you know, Cavani, ironically, it was off the back of having a good game. I think he's been a decent addition for, for United. And I think he's a player they definitely need fit and about around the squad. So to be without him, for me, what I'd call two of those, two of the three most important games is a myth. And, you know, what um, Cavani's played his way into the team, but he's probably seen or was seen as a as a, as a rotation option and, and, and things within that United team. Um so he could have very much started against Watford. So he's missing for three games. He's got a big fine. So we'll have to see. What, well, it's, it's nothing to a footballer. It's, it's, it's everything to me seeing £100,000. But you get the point. Um, Wolves boss Nuno Espirito Santo has been charged by their Football Association for his recent criticism of Lee Mason, which, again, I don't, I don't think that's fair. You know, again, if it takes it over the top, he should. But he should be allowed to say if he thinks the rep standard of referee wasn't good enough, if he feels a certain ref keeps playing poorly, why? You know, it's not done in a cynical way. I don't think he questioned the integrity of the man and if he was cheating or anything. He asked him, is he incompetent? Um, he, he asked basic questions of his competency. You know, players can players are killed by the press, by the journalism, by everything. You know, managers are asked questions. Even doctors these days, when men are getting injured, people are saying, what's going on with the medical staff? You know, why is it referees and journalists, you can't ask questions? You can't ask the question mark the integrity of journalists you can't ask the competency of their stories and the way they're reporting it and you can't get at the referees the referees are not perfect they're subject to to, to human bias you know they they watch football say they think Grealish and, and Zaha go down easily so when these or Arsenal are soft so when these lot are going down they're not getting fouls you know if they if he feels that this referee hasn't got a big enough personality to control two difficult teams or he's not doing it he should be allowed that you know we talk about this league being the best why is it always we're shown incompetent sides of refereeing we've got incompetent referees you know we've got some referees in my opinion we feel some referees want to be shows in themselves like Klattenberg and who's the other one man Mike Dean well Klattenberg was a former one these man was what I call superstars they want to be superstars in their own right they want it to all be around them you've got the incompetent ones you've got people who don't know what's going on and on top of that you've got 
inconsistencies with VAR. So this is, we say we're having the best league in the world. We haven't got the best referees, you know. Arsene Wenger, do you not remember when he was talking, was it the World Cup or the Euros? He said, there's no coincidence, not a single English official is going to this competition. So there's something in it, man. I'm just not saying this for, for a reason. And if he was out there being personal, being hurtful, attacking the refs, that's a different thing. But he's not. He's asking questions. So to hear he's been charged, I don't know if he's going to, you know, fines and whatnot. For what it's worth, apparently he's refused to apologise, which he should. Um, it's crazy. Apparently, under current FA regulations, post-match comments that criticise the performance or competence of a match official are permitted unless they imply bias, attack the official's integrity, are personally offensive, are prolonged or are particularly unreasonable. None of which I feel was Nuno Espirito. You know, what do you want man to say? Man, I have to be honest in this thing. If he doesn't feel his levels, he weren't levels, people make of that what you will i'm sure you've all seen you know jesse lingard you can't get anywhere near the match day squad for man united has signed a new deal or had his one year extension in his contract triggered which will see him leave in 2022 i believe that's done to protect any potential resale value and they'll try and move him off in the summer um you know, apparently they're exploring loan options and, you know, we've heard everything from going to teams in Europe like Sociedad to, to going to English teams like he was last linked with Brighton. No move happened, but nonetheless, he signed a new deal. Um, so, yeah, he must be laughing. Sadly as well, people, I'm sure I, I don't watch Scottish League like that, like to know everything. But Kilmarnock boss or at this moment of finding the information, Alex Dyer, Kilmarnock boss. Um, you know, sadly, um, you know, there's been a police probe in Scotland after a letter was sent to his house. Now, if he's underperforming, it's fine. But he said he's had a letter sent to his house with with racist rhetoric around it. It's quite upsetting. You know, if you want to sack a man, sack a man or get at him. It's obvious no one connected with the club. It's just offend. It's just so sad that man have to go to skin colour and things like that immediately. But make of that what you will. Um, I haven't got anything more to speak about. It's been a fantastic podcast to kick off 2021 with you lot people please make sure you hit the follow button you hit the subscribe button across the youtube you're following across the socials and you're supporting the movement because i'm trying to have a good year just like you lot so let's keep it moving people hopefully arsenal can kick off the new year with a win hopefully i can come back to i think we'll be back on tuesday because there's action on the monday southampton versus liverpool is on the monday yeah so the next edition of the deluded podcast will be tuesday morning folks um so yeah until then you know keep enjoying the new years keep writing your new goals wish again wishing you the most success in 2021 let's all have a year to remember but for now it's been a fantastic podcast i've got to keep it moving people dg i'm out god bless <laughs>